is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey, everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and uh, today I'm going it alone. It's just me, and I'm one on one with our very, I, I say, special guest. Uh, she's given us our, her time today. We're going to do some uh, promoting of an upcoming event she's doing. And I'm talking about um, manager and widow of Ronnie James Deal, Miss Wendy Deal. Hello, Wendy. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Uh, thank you for coming out early in the morning. Ten. How long have you been up today? Oh, I usually get up about six. About six o'clock. Uh huh. What's What's a Wendy Dio do at six o'clock? Uh, talk to London and talk to Germany. <laughs> and if you don't get up early, you're going to miss them because they've gone home with an eight or nine hour difference. And you're talking to all these countries, uh, promoting. Everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. So I want to get right into what's, uh, what's coming up and why, you, why I got you here. Uh, first of all, uh, Thursday, October 25th is Bowl for Ronnie. And that's a celebrity bowling tournament. And that's to raise money for, for the Ronnie James Dio Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund. And what year is this? Is this the fourth year? You've yeah, been? this is the fourth year. Mm-hmm. Fourth year. You also do the Ride for Ronnie. Ride for Ronnie in May, yes. We do that from uh, Holly Davidson as a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And we ride from Glendale, Holly Davidson uh, to Los Encinos Park in Encino. And then we have a we have about 350 riders with police escort. It's amazing to see. And are you on a motorcycle? Yeah. You, you, ride, you ride a bike? On the back. <laughs> On the back. And who's, 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 who, do you, who, who are your arms wrapped around when you do this? Uh, Ronnie's very special uh, friend and uh, was our, uh, he, was, he started off as a, as a drum roadie and worked his way mm-hmm. up to the production manager. And he was production manager for, for Ronnie, uh, for all the Dio shows and for Black Sabbath. Wow. Yeah. And now he's worked his way up to hauling you around in the back of his yeah. Harley. He can't see me because he's six foot five and he's huge. His name's Big Scott. <laughs> well, Big Scott, please, uh, please drive safely because we, we need Wendy Dio to uh, continue to raise money for, uh, for cancer research. Let's, um, who's going to be at the, uh, at the event this year? Do you know? Do you have everyone uh, locked in? I think in? we have, uh, well, Eddie Trunk, of course, who mm-hmm. posts it as always for us. Um, and he has his celebrity team, which I think this year we've got Doug Aldridge, Okay. Um, I think we have Tom Morello, who always brings his own bowling ball. Oh, wow. Um, he's a professional Tom Morello. He's a professional, yeah. We'll have Mark Ferrari, who's uh, usually number one bowler. Uh, <laughs> let's see who else do we have. He's bringing some, uh, some of the guys from Tool and some of the guys from Corn. Nice. Um, so uh, we're, we're seeing who... They, they check in all the time. We never know who's <laughs> coming. Oh, Stephen Adler's definitely coming. Steve, so. Now, Steve, is Stephen Adler a good bowler? Oh, he's okay. He's, he's not okay. bad. Yeah, he's not bad. <laughs> uh, as long as he gets there, we're happy with Stephen. Yeah, Stephen's a great supporter of the charity. Yes. He's, but he's been a supporter for us for a while. He does his uh, his all star uh, jam band at the uh, at the ride. Is that Adler's Appetite? Is Adler's that Appetite. It? Yeah, but he also does another thing with All Star Jam, which is uh, all different people, whoever's around to play with him. Excellent. And now this this event actually takes place. Right down the street from where we're recording today. Yes. It takes Pins. place at mm-hmm. Pins. I have the address here. This is October 25th at 6.30 p.m. Pins Bowling Center. It's at 12655 Ventura Boulevard in Studio City. And now, if I, want, if I wanted to come down there and bowl, what would I do? Would I just, would, if I pay 
$75, can I bowl? Is that yes, how it goes? Yeah, you go, just go online or you can pay at the door. Actually, I suggest you go online because normally it's sold out. Yes. Uh, it's a great thing and we've been doing it for, for four years and, and the last two years have been sold out and we've had to disappoint people by turning them away. And now will you also pick up a ball and throw it down the lane? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Does, um, now, if, if, uh, if, if I pay $75, do I get to bowl with these guys or no? No, you get to bowl, <laughs> you get to hang with them, hang with them, hang with them. Mm-hmm. But there is, uh, there is a competition that's going on right now with KLOS uh, to win a spa, a spot on uh, Eddie Trunk's celebrity team. Oh, okay, that's yeah. cool. So that's really cool. Is that like an auction? Yes, it's an auction that's going on right now. And uh, I think if you go to docancerfund.org and and go to events, you you'll see uh, that there were how you can participate but uh that's so we do that now we started that last year and it was great and so uh, we, you get to bowl on the celebrity team we do have uh but you can win an award if you're not a celebrity okay. and you're bowling we have awards for the best uh, the high score okay we have awards for the best corporate team because we have like Warner Brothers and and Rhino and BMG oh, and Roundhill, uh, they all buy lanes, which is great. That's great excellent. Supporters, um, and then the celebrities all get a uh, an award uh, for the best the best bowler. The best overall bowler of the whole place gets one, and then the least um, score gets the horse's ass. <laughs> and now the reason everyone comes out and does this is because everyone loved Ronnie. Everyone loved Ronnie, and it's a really fun evening with a lot of celebrities and uh, all, all bowling for a really good cause for the charity. But you get to eat pizza and drink and have some have a fun time with the celebrities and have a fun time with your friends. And bowling's always fun because no one's ever really great. You know what I mean? Sometimes. Some. But I, some people take it serious. But I'm like, if you just yeah. get a group of friends together and go bowl. Right, right, you know, right. Everyone's but, just yeah. having a laugh. And say, uh, Mark Ferrari and Ronnie's cousin, <laughs> Ro- Rock Feinstein, and Tom Morello take it very seriously. So was it, was it their idea to do a bowling event? Like, how did you come up with Let's Do a Bowling Event? Okay, it started when we did the memorial. Okay. Uh, because we wanted to do something that... Um, that uh, I think it was on Ronnie's fifth fifth anniversary, we decided we wanted to do a memorial for everyone again. Okay. Uh, and a lot of people coming in from Sweden, from back wow. east, from everywhere, and we're like, well, wait a minute, these poor people are coming in for the weekend. Maybe we should try and do something on the Friday and the Sunday. Yeah. So we did the bowling on the Friday, and we did the ride on the Sunday. And I never wanted to put those three together. No, again. now you that split was, it up. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was uh, very hard work. But it was fun and everyone loved it. And we decided we would make these annual events. And do people still come in from all over the oh, world yeah. to go to the bowling? The Swedish, the Swedish guys, there's about six of them. They wow. come to everything. They come every year. They want to know as soon as we've got the date, they book their tickets. And uh, they, they come to little, little old Studio City, California. Yeah, that's, uh-huh. that's, and little uh, old Encino. Yeah, yeah. I always think it's funny, like... Uh, in any, you know, the day of this event, people will be driving right by pins and not even know right. the caliber of celebrity that's inside there. All right. At the time. Well, we do have the red carpet outside, so you oh, you do. Can, okay, yeah, cool. We do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do have the red carpet. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I just want to throw this out. Uh, RonnieJamesDio.com. You can probably find links for everything there too, right? right? It's it's DioCancerFund.org. And then Twitter is at OfficialRJDio or at DioCancerFund. Yes. So follow those, visit those mm-hmm. places, and you can mm-hmm. find out everything about the events and, and, right. we'll, and we'll 
we'll uh, we'll touch on this before we okay. at the end of the show too. Cool. But I want to get into a little bit of uh, also. Oh, let me let me a little bit more. Uh, you can come and just watch for fifty bucks. You can come and just watch for fifty bucks. Yeah. You can be uh, a bowler for seventy five, mm-hmm. or you can purchase a lane, which includes which is nine nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. And for that, the lane, you get six. Uh, it's for six bowlers, so you get the shoes for six bowlers. You get uh, six VIP tickets to go up and party with the with the uh, with the celebrities. That's, that's what the money's about. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you get two drink tickets each. So that's 12 drink tickets. And uh, you get pizza. And you get so, pizza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's for and a good cause. And it's for fun. a good cause. And we have a few lanes left still. So if you want to buy a lane, then get on it. You recently did uh, an auction Did you have an auction of some of Ronnie's personal stuff? Yes. Because you probably have a lot of stuff. Well, I had, I was moving offices. Okay. And I was moving to a smaller office and I had a warehouse at the office and then so much stuff. I think Ronnie had a a wardrobe case for each tour. Wow. Uh, And we had, you know, guitars up the yin yang. There was. Bases, I mean, bass cabinets, uh, guitar cabinets, amplifiers, oh uh, wardrobe cases, uh, drum risers, you name it, and plus his clothing. I mean, he had probably, uh, I don't know, maybe a thousand shirts. The stage clothes. Stage clothes and interview clothes. Oh, oh now he had two different, he, interview clothes and stage clothes are different. Totally different, yes. What would, it, what would uh, I know what the stage clothes are like, what would Ronnie wear in an interview? Uh, probably a, sh- a different kind of button-up shirt mm-hmm. and a jacket. Nice. So, yeah. A gentleman. Yeah, but crazy jackets with stars and moons <laughs> on or spiders or whatever. A rainbow? Could there possibly be a rainbow in one of those jackets? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, was it hard to part with this stuff? It was bittersweet. It was yeah. bittersweet, but I feel good now because I feel that um, all this stuff, what happens if I die, you know, somebody yeah. throws it out or something. This way, I, a lot of museums bought stuff, mm-hmm. uh, fans bought stuff. I saw one chap and he, he bought a shirt for Ronnie's and I said, oh, what are you going to do with that? He said, I'm going to take it, I'm going to frame it and I'm going to look at it every day. And I thought that was well, just wonderful. That's what you do. It was just that's wonderful. what you do with yeah, a Ronnie James Dear shirt. Wonderful that people. And there were things, for, you know, things that fans could buy, and there were things that museums could buy, and it was it was a great event. And Julian's did a fantastic uh, uh, job with it. It was in New York. And you, uh, I read this. I don't know if it's true. There were six hundred and sixty-six yeah, items do. up mm-hmm. for auction. Yeah. Very, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Julian's uh, did a fantastic job. They really did a fantastic job. And it was done in New York mm-hmm. at the Hard Rock, and it was it was a great event. Now, I don't know this. Are there, are there children that would, um, between you and Ronnie, that would get some of these no. items? No. No children? No children. Um, so it's, so you, but you, you did keep some things. I'm sure you of did. Of course, I kept, yeah I, yeah. I kept, I could not part with the Holy Diver uh, original artwork. Um, it was such a dear project to yes. us because Ronnie coming out of Black Sabbath and us forming the band Dio and not knowing how it was going to happen or what was going to go so we were really hands on with that yeah um those of you that are familiar with the with the artwork oh yes it's a it looks like uh it's a monster drowning a priest Mm-mm. but Ronnie always said, look inside the cover. You never judge someone by their clothes. So uh-huh. how do you know that that's not, you know, that the the good person is the devil and the priest, is, I mean, the good person is, yeah, the good person is, is the, the devil, devil and, the and the bad is person the... Is, is the priest. Yeah, well, so. 
I, 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 uh, I was raised Catholic, and as we know, the, the priests are, some of the priests out there are bad people. Oh, absolutely. So, Ronnie was an altar boy. Yeah, so was I. Yeah, coming from a very Italian background mm-hmm. and living in Cortland, upstate New York, which is a big, a big Italian. Well, in fact, you have to be Italian to live there. I think they have one token you, Irish. You have to be Italian <laughs> to live there. Now, I'm, I'm horrible with pronouncing last names. Ronnie's uh, birth last name, how, did you, how do you say it? Padovana. Padovana. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he? Was he? A, did he cook? Did he throw down he some loved, yeah. uh, some oh, yeah. sauce? Italians, yeah, sure, absolutely. That's nice. Mm-hmm. That's nice when your man cooks for you. Well, he teach me how to do it, and then I do it. And then you would yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> Although he was very fussy about making his uh, Italian meatball soup, where you had to make these little tiny meat, tiny tiny meatballs the size of like your little finger that went in there, and then I, I have no patience, and he had the patience to roll them all. Was he a, a perfectionist? Yes, he was, in all things. Yes. Rudy Sarzo was, I had him on the show last week, and he said many things about Ronnie on and off the mic, but the one thing that, that really jumped out at me is he said, uh, absolutely a professional. Oh, yes. In everything. In he did. everything. Everything. Yes, yeah. definitely. And, uh, and then when I thought about that, I'm like, that makes sense. I mean, I never read any salacious stuff or any... But I never read anything bad about Ronnie, you know, in the circus or any of the magazines that I would read when I was a kid. So he was a very yeah. special person, yeah. actually, Ronnie. He he loved people. He loved his fans. He never forgot where he came from. That's good. And he was really interested in people, whether they were eight or up to eighty years old. He would always find something to talk to them about, and he would lis- actually listen to what they're saying and not think about what he was going to say. Yeah, because people like to be, they want to be listened to. Mm -hmm. They don't just want to stand there where someone's just flapping their gums. Uh, Now for the next 50 minutes, I'm going to talk about myself, Wendy. Okay. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, When did did you and Ronnie meet? uh, I met Ronnie in, I think, 1974. Okay. Uh, So the elf days. No. No? It was, uh, he had just, it might be 74, 75. He just, um, he had just uh, joined Rainbow. Oh, Okay. For the first album. They had recorded the first album, but they had not yet toured. Okay. That's where I met Ronnie at the Rainbow in, uh, in Hollywood. Um, it's so funny that you met him. He just joined Rainbow. He I loves rainbows. Mm-hmm. You met him at the Rainbow. Right. Uh, well, I was very good friends with, uh, with the Deep Purple guys, mm-hmm. and uh, Richard Batman's wife at the time uh, invited me to a party, and they, I went up there, and I, that's where I met Ronnie. Richard Blackmore actually introduced me to Ronnie. And that was it. That was it. Well, mm, kind of. <laughs> he uh, he followed me around and he called me a lot of times. I was, He's a bit short for me. Um, What's the height difference between the two of you? I'm not a tall person. Uh, okay, but uh, he was five four and I'm five six. Okay. So and then if you wear heels, heels look oh, out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. You that's you okay. walk around with the tall blonde on your arm. That's a ro- <laughs> that's what rock stars do, right? You could, yeah. But I fell in love with his brain. Ronnie was a very, very intelligent person. Uh, he was kind. He loved animals. He mm-hmm. loved sports. Um, he was a, just a human, wonderful human being. What kind? What sports did he uh, did he enjoy? What did he like to watch? Mm, he was really into uh, the Giants and the because um, he's from New York. Yeah, yeah, from New York. Yeah, big Giant fan. And uh, baseball. He was a big. Um, I'm not into sports. So what's the team there? No, I'm not into sports either. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the team. Yankees, but he was, Mets. No, hated the Mets. <laughs> hated the Mets. 
In fact, Mark, uh, Mark Piazza, who is with the, mm-hmm. the, the Mets, used to come to our shows and everything. But Ronnie was like, hey, the Mets. No, 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 no. Giant, he li- he, big he, giant fan. He liked, the, he, liked the, he liked Piazza, but he didn't like, the, like his team. Right, right, right. And um, another guy from uh, was a pitcher in um, a New York team. He used mm-hmm. to come to the shows in Arizona all the time. I can't think of his name. Oh, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson. Yeah, Randy Johnson used to the, come to the these, shows. This guy's a big uh, sports fan, but yeah. he's not on mic. My yeah, friend yeah. Tom is sitting so, in with well, he used to. Who did he play for? Well, he played for several teams, but uh, Diamondbacks. The Mar- New York ones. No, he played for the Mariners and the Diamondbacks. For his big team. But he did play uh, one time. Y- Yankees. 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 That's who. Ronnie was a huge Yankee fan, there Yankee fan and, and Giants, Giants fan. Those were the, were the two mm-hmm. big fans. But he would talk about any sports. You could ask him anything. He knew everything about sports. That's funny because a lot of times you, you think of, a, of a, a rocker, so to speak, is mm-hmm. uh, not into sports, but oh, that's he cool. He was really into sports and uh, he would write songs watching, watching uh, games. <laughs> he would, yeah, absolutely. And he had a different, like a linebacker was was uh, I don't know the bass player or something. That each one was was a different. Uh, he would think that 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 was the bass player, that was the singer, that was. Uh, I'm getting some feedback here. You're getting some feedback. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Now. You're good. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, he was uh, he was very very into sports. Cool. I love. I, I like. I like finding out stuff that maybe. Fans don't know about Ronnie, mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. cool. I want to. I want to play some music. I want to play something off the uh, little clip off the first Elf album from 1972. This would have been the first band that Ronnie actually recorded with, even though he was involved in music. I think since the age of 15. If no, I'm he recorded. He recorded way be- before. Way, way before, before Elf. In the 50s, yeah. I, I don't mind that you're correcting me. It's yeah, okay because I don't know everything. Ronnie and the Prophets, and uh, they had uh, before Elf. There was. Uh, it was the elves and the electric elves, and then it was just Elf. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to play something from Elf. This is a song called I'm Coming Back For You. Let's hear a little bit of this. such a nice 70s old school uh-huh, rock and uh-huh, roll sound uh-huh. i really uh i really like that a they lot were, elf was more of like a honky-tonk band it was great they had a lot of piano in it now had you ever seen elf perform were you familiar no. with ronnie when you met met him other no. than you knew he was going to be the new no. singer in this new band rainbow no that was it that was it uh were you into the music that, that ronnie made I was a big Deep Purple fan, okay. big Led Zeppelin fan, big Beatle fan, um, a lot of blues. I liked a lot of blues. Okay. But, yeah. But would, like, would Ronnie write songs and then, and then play them for you first? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I would hear him writing sure. songs all the time. In fact, he wrote one song for me, which is called Rainbow Eyes. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Yeah. What was his fascination with rainbows? I don't know. But if you look even on the Elf uh, tracks, you'll see there's rainbows on there. 
I mean, it's not a bad thing to like. No, no. worst thing, this worst things to like than rainbows. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, and but so it's, I think it just feels like to him it was the colors of everything, colors mm. of the world. Yeah. You know, and he was very much a, a person of the world who loved people mm-hmm. and loved peace. Well, that's that's what we we need more of that right now. Right is what we need. Uh, so in uh, in '75, the first Rainbow album comes out. It's actually called Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Right. And uh, this is a classic. Everyone knows this song. Let's hear a little bit of "Man on the Silver Mountain." This uh, this voice that comes out of this um, this little man is uh, is amazing. Like this, well, a gigantic voice. That's because of his training with trumpet. Uh, from five years old, he had to play trumpet two hours practice every day. He had to. His father instructed him. That's how it was back in the day. You had and to do what you. He had to do that, and they told him to pick. Uh, an instrument on the on the radio, and uh, he was five years old, and he's like, "Oh, that one will do," because he wanted to just run back to playing baseball. <laughs> but then his father took him down and bought him a trumpet. Oh my god! And he actually won a scholarship with Juilliard at eight years old for playing trumpet. That's amazing. And he played with Gene Pitney on stage when I think he was thirteen. Bobby Darren, all different people when he was about thirteen. This was music from a young age, and, and for his whole life. Yeah, and but uh, I think with the breathing exercises for the trumpet is what, where he's sung from, from mm-hmm. the stomach and not from the throat. Um, and uh, he decided after a while that he couldn't pick up girls playing trumpet, so he taught himself <laughs> bass. Okay. <laughs> and he was a bass player in Elf, as you, I don't, I don't yeah. know if you know that. He was a bass yes, player. Yes, I did know that. And, and, uh, and going back to uh, Richard Blackmore's mm-hmm. Rainbow, the first album was actually all of Elf except for the guitar player. No, I did not know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. because Excellent. he took everyone from uh, from Ronnie's band and formed Rainbow, and then one by one got rid of them all. This should have been called uh, Ronnie James Dio's Rainbow. Then <laughs> it could the, be Elf Rainbow. Yeah, Elf's Rainbow, <laughs> Rainbow Elf, Rainbow Elf. The um, did uh, I would I would have loved to hear a Dio song with just uh, some trumpet on it. He just pulls it out right in the middle of the show. There are some. There are some <laughs> recordings. Yeah. Did, did he continue to play trumpet? No. No. He. No. That was done. He was no, done. He was done. I still have the trumpet. I couldn't part with that. No. No. I still have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did you keep? Do you, yeah, obviously. Well, the artwork, as I said, for for yeah. Holy Diver, because we went through so much with that. Um, special stage clothes: the white outfit with the big long sleeves that he wore on the last. Uh, oh, Heaven, Heaven and, and Hell, Hell tour. Yes. Yeah. yeah that I, was. He wore that in the um in the in the video. In the, yeah. In the, yeah. Yeah. I, did, I didn't part with that. I didn't part with. There's a black and red one as well like I, that that's a great looking shirt i love that i love that uh that concert because just the hair is so long and uh-huh. full and uh-huh. the, the what yeah i just uh-huh. that's yeah i'm all about that yeah. let's hear uh let's hear starstruck from the second rainbow album from uh, rising
like singers like Ronnie because he can do uh, many things with his voice. He ha- there can be a smoothness, there can be a growl, there can mm-hmm. be a scream. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I mean, that's yeah. versatile. That's what I love. About Starstruck? Tell me. Okay, that was written about a crazy fan that was after Richie all the time, and she would hide in the bushes and appear, and then she was somewhere else and she would appear. So that, <laughs> that song was written about this fan. And what would they do about, because uh, nowadays that would be called a stalker, but back in 76, what would they... She was a stalker. She was a stalker. She was definitely but was a there, stalker. Did they, did they call the police? Did they fire? Yeah. Did he just... No, what, no, no, that's just no. Crazy Alice or whatever yeah, they would call yeah, her. What, I don't remember her name, but I know she was there. <laughs> is it um, is it strange listening to this music? I, I, I don't imagine that you throw on a Rainbow album at your house. Maybe you do. I don't yeah, know. We listen to it in the office all the time. You do? Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And plus, uh, a lot of the songs Disciples still plays. So The Dio Disciples. Mm-hmm. Who's in the band right now? Who's in that band? Uh, Tim Rupert Owens. Okay. Was, you know, from Judas Priest. Yep. Uh, Oni Logan. Okay. Simon Wright. Drummer. Okay. Uh, Extraordinary. I just yeah. saw Simon the other night. I went to see the Guess Who, oh. and Simon was there because Rudy's in the Guess Who. Right, and, right. Yeah, and Simon's then, great. Uh, uh, Craig Goldie and, oh, Scott amazing. Warren, and Scott Warren. That's great. The sixth one. Uh, right, yeah, Ronnie always worked with great guitarists. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Blackmore, Iomi, mm-hmm. Craig Goldie, uh, Vivian Campbell. Mm-hmm. Doug Aldridge. Doug Aldridge, that's right, who's in, what, Dead Daisies is he's in right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And, he and he'll, be he'll be bowling. He'll be bowling. He'll be bowling. Yeah. Uh, the, um, who did, who did, uh, did Ronnie have a, 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 one of these guitarists? Was there someone that he liked writing with more than another? Is there someone that he hit it off with more than another? Well, he, I think, well, Rowan Robertson, we've forgotten him as okay. well. He, okay. Uh, but uh, Ronnie loved writing with Tony the best, I think. With Richie for a while, but with Richie, he had to be in the confines of what Richie wanted to do. And that's tough. Uh, which, you know, he did work out together, mm-hmm. but he loved working with Tony Iommi. Well, I'm going to jump then from, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip uh, the, the third Rainbow album that Ronnie sang on because we brought up uh, Tony Iommi. And I just want to say, and I've said it many times on the show, the two Black Sabbath albums that Ronnie is on are the best Black Sabbath albums. They're different. They're, you can say different. I'm going to say they're the best Black Sabbath albums. They're just so full of life and just so hard driving. And mm-hmm. I mean, I just love, well, that's Neon Nights. That's all we need to say, Neon Nights. Ronnie was asked to join Black Sabbath. Did he have any trepidation about stepping into a, a band that that Ozzy had fronted for so many albums? I don't think so. Ronnie was not. Um, he was very aware of what his uh, what caliber of music was yeah. and what he could do. 
So he never was he never was nervous about anything. Mm-hmm. He knew that he'd been given a God-given gift and he knew how to use it. Yes. Um, so he, he was never never afraid. And I'm not saying afraid in that, uh, oh, I'm not as good a singer as Ozzy is because, you know, in my opinion, way better singer than Ozzy. It was different. It was it's different. different. It was like you can't take away that, you know, Black Sabbath right. and Ozzy, well, they were innovators mm-hmm. and they were innovators Absolutely. with the sound, at Tony Iommi's sound. Yes. And uh, and in his heyday, Ozzy's stage performance was was great right right. okay so i i don't think you can ever they're different they're two different bands with ronnie yes. coming in it is two uh, different it was bands. more melodic mm-hmm. um and it was it was totally different it was uh, but i i think you 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 can't ever take away from from the first innovators yes and i'm not trying to do that i'm just and i, I because i didn't mean uh, my question wasn't was he i mean like when, when when sammy hagar took over for david lee roth i mean you you know everyone knows Dave as Van Halen, so right. that you have but to think same about that kind of situation yeah. because I don't think there's ever been a better performer than David Lee Roth, amazing right. performer. Mm-hmm. But Sammy Hagar was a better singer, right? But you know, but they're different. They're both different, different and and people both enjoy both. They both bands. enjoy both exactly, yeah. And I enjoy b- both versions of Black mm-hmm. Sabbath. I just prefer, mm-hmm. I just prefer Ronnie. And this is uh, this is Die Young from Heaven and Hell. tell the listeners that Wendy is definitely rocking when these songs are on. She is um, <laughs> she's bobbing her head and she's... I was brought up with uh, rock and roll. <laughs> the Mob Rules, the title track. Uh-huh. The version, there's a different, there's a version that appears on the heavy metal soundtrack. Right. And there's a version that appears on the Mob Rules album. Mm-hmm. The, from what I understand, the version on the soundtrack, they just laid down a demo. Is that true? And they sent it to, for approval, and then the soundtrack said, "Yeah, this is good." Not is that re- not no, really okay? No, correct my no, correct no. My, the story. The I've Mob heard. Rules uh, for the movie was uh, they recorded that mm-hmm. at uh, which used to be John Lennon's home. Okay, the white where the white pian- piano and the white is, but then it was sold to uh, to uh, Ringo. Ringo owned the house, and the recording studio was there, and we all went there. And they recorded that version at, at that place for the movie. Okay. Yeah. But then, but the version they recorded there, was that like a fully produced uh, track? Yeah, All absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I like both versions, but I, mm-hmm. I and I love, I love uh, Ronnie. Uh, does he, what's he, he has the beginning, he says, come on. Is that what he says? Mm-hmm. It just get, this is one of the songs I listen to when I'm on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's, it just gets you going. Right. So let's hear uh, let's hear Mob Rolls. This is the heavy metal soundtrack version.
these must have been exciting times when he was uh, with Black Sabbath. I mean, it's probably all exciting, but I'm saying for the next the next chapter in Ronnie in Ronnie's life, musical life, this must have been pretty exciting. It was exciting, especially as I said when they recorded that, and we opened up a, cl- a closet and it was full of Beatles gold records that fell out, and we we're like, whoa. <laughs> And we went around and took photos where John and Yoko took photos sitting at the bathtub and sitting at the piano. We did all those things. They had so many gold records that they were just in closets. Yeah. They didn't know what to do with them. Uh-huh. There's not enough wall space. Nope. nope. <laughs> what, uh, let's hear one more song from, uh, from Mob Rules, and we're going to move on to uh, when Ronnie finally has his own band, with his own name. Uh-huh. And, um, but first, let's hear from Mob Rules. Let's hear uh, Turn Up the Night. Uh, that Tony Iommi, he's okay on guitar. He's, he's pretty good. He, he might go places. He's got something there. When Black Sabbath parted right ways with, uh, with Ronnie, was that um, obviously not amicable? No. No. The first time, no. 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 And, um, but he regrouped quickly? Or was he, was he bummed? Was he depressed? Or did he just say, I'm just going to keep pushing? No, he, he had written... Uh Holy Diver, mm-hmm. and he'd written uh, Don't Talk to Strangers by himself, and they were actually songs that he was writing for Black Sabbath. Okay. Um, but um, then he decided, I had gotten him a solo deal uh, with Warner Brothers and with Phonogram, so um, for little money, and uh, we were very excited, actually, about him finally being able to do something completely yeah, on yeah. his own that he wanted to do. We mortgaged our house. Uh, we did a lot of stuff, and it was so. That was a very special time for us, and we worked so hard, and we didn't realize it was going to hit so big. And it was like, I mean, I remember when, I mean, he, he, like, first of all, he opened to Aerosmith. They opened to Aerosmith. Okay. Um, but the crowd was was definitely for Ronnie at that time, <laughs> and uh, when it hit, the record company didn't even know because they weren't pushing it or doing anything, and. I remember standing there and watching him perform in a sold-out uh, concert, and I was like, just shaking with 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 like pleasure and with like we actually did it. We yeah. did it, you know. And it was uh, it was it was a hard time because, you know, as I said, we mortgaged a house. We um, I became the production manager. We were booking trucks, booking our own things, doing all the stuff because we didn't have that much money to start it off. Yeah. But we did it, and we wanted to do it in big, as, as big as what Sabbath was. As big was. as you could, yeah. Yeah, and so we did. And it was a very special time to see all that hard work actually pay off. And who designed the, the DO logo? It's it's perfect. It's yeah, it's everything that you want. That was actually between myself and uh, and the record label. And I like that he just, I'm going to brand it with my, la, with my name, Dio. That's yep. going to be it. Yep. It's going to be like Van Halen. It's going to be I Dio. I want to do. I yes. want to do. I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's great. Yep. It's, uh, when you tell that story about the, the uh, Holy Diver album, it's very, it's very uh, similar to when I hear Sharon, talk, Sharon Osbourne talk about, 
Ozzy making the the Blizzard of Oz album. Mm-hmm, it's kind of like mm-hmm. the same, right? Right. The same yeah, thing. We were all, you know, yeah. we were all doing our own thing yeah. at the time. Well, let's hear. Everyone knows this song. This is big on MTV. Did Ronnie like making the videos? Not really. Not really. No. This is a, uh, and the videos back then are just they're, oh, they're, over the top. They're re- over, over the top, the top. ridiculous. But uh, this is Rainbow in the Dark. video please do okay so uh we went to london uh to make the video for holy diver okay okay holy diver they spent like days on holy diver okay and they had a little bit of time over so they said oh well, let's just go up on the rooftop and shoot um rainbow in the dark and <laughs> okay. it was done like in one take that was it and that was the one that took off oh my god <laughs> i'm not gonna play i'm holding the song holy diver as the play out song for the episode that's okay it's got to be yeah. Now, this song, Rainbow in the Dark, Ronnie's first solo album, and uh, his, his voice is ferocious on this. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to sing with uh, bigger and louder and better than mm-hmm. I've ever done, right. because this is, this is me. This is my thing. Very and exciting time. Very yeah. exciting time for Absolutely. all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's in the band? Who, did, who does he get... It's oh. probably not hard for Ronnie James Dio to get a band together back well, then. Well, you got Jimmy Bain, who had been with him previously mm-hmm. in Rainbow, an old friend, right. uh, which he I went to pick up, and he came out of 10 Downing Street because he was, at that time, married to a lady. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Um, and, uh, so Ron, and then Jimmy Bain uh, said, you have to look at this guy, uh, Vivian Campbell, from Ireland. And so he did, and uh, he auditioned. And then uh, they got uh, Vinnie Apice. Yes, so, from yeah. Black Sabbath. From Black Sabbath, yes. And uh, how old was uh, Vivian at that time? He must have been young. I think it was about 1920. Mm-hmm. And did they hit it off? Uh... Musically, uh, for a while, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But then, of course, this, things happened the same as they did with, with Richie, where Richie wanted Ronnie to write more commercial because they were getting, uh, you know, uh, to sell more albums. And yeah. Ronnie did not want to sell out. No. And the same thing, really, with Vivian. He wanted to start doing things more like Mystery, yeah. which was not one of Ronnie's favorite songs. Gotcha. Look, uh, look to Iron Maiden. They, Iron Maiden has never sold out. They've always done exactly mm-hmm. what they want to exactly. do. And you know what? The fans... The are fans, still coming. Exactly, exactly. You know, so, Ronnie's been passed now. It'll be nine years, uh, and uh, he. Um, we still have two and a half million uh, on our Facebook. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So. And the, you were the hologram tour. How did this come about? Oh, I was approached a few years ago by this gentleman, Jeff Bazzuti, who uh, has a hologram company called yeah. My Illusion, and he's 
was talking to me about possibly making a, a, a hologram of Ronnie. And um, I, I was kind of, well, I don't know whether we should do this mm-hmm. or not do this. And then we went into it more. And um, then I thought, well, you know, Ronnie was always an innovator of, of, of technology and music. Mm-hmm. So why not an innovator of holograms? And we did do one where it was shown at a Wacken. Um, and uh, we did a short tour in Europe. And now we're making it even better. And how many, how many songs are in a hologram tour? Is it a full set? Well, we or? have the band. So this is okay. the first, like Roy Orbison did his, but it's mm-hmm. with a band. Ours is with, with the Dio band. Okay. With the Dio band. Nice. So they play live, and then it's uh, live versions of Ronnie's uh, singing, uh, the audio, and then the hologram of him performing. Now, the, And you've seen this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now, the first time you saw it, what kind of feelings did that bring out in you? Oh, I, we I, all cried. Yeah, I Everybody mean, I can't cried. even imagine. I saw it in rehearsal, and it was okay, but then when I saw him on stage with the band and everything, the record coming, everything, we all cried. Yeah, that would be, it, it would, like, you want to see it and you don't want to see it all at the same time. Right, right, right. And what was the reaction from uh, the audience well, that was loved there? It. Crazy. Loved yeah. It, yeah. In fact, some of the kids were crying and holding my hand and saying, thank you for bringing Ronnie back oh, to us. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, because we thought it was good for, for the people that wanted to see Ronnie back mm-hmm. up on stage and then the people that never got the opportunity yeah. to see Ronnie. I, I'll go see this because I never got the opportunity to see Ronnie live. I've only seen videos and mm-hmm. everything else but yeah count me in um the next album that follows holy diver is the last in line and let's hear we rock you watch the faces you see the traces of the things they want to be Uh, and now at this time, Ronnie, is, he's, he's producing these albums too. Mm-hmm. And he wrote that song, We Rock, was written completely by Ronnie, the music as well. Yeah, and, he's, and a lot of people think he's just a lyricist, but he wrote all music too. Well, he, yeah, he plays that trumpet, so yeah, we know that course, he's, yeah. more, he's mm-hmm. in bass. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's not just a lyricist no, and singer. No. He does a lot of stuff. Um, and these albums, these first two albums go platinum too. So yeah. the record label must have been... Oh. They must have been excited and probably a little surprised. And now they were coming around. Now, now, now they're, they're finally coming, they're finally coming around. That's what back in the day. That's what they understood: sales and money. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, another great song. It's the title track from the album, uh, "The Last in Line."
I just uh, we're not going to get to the chorus, but I wanted to I wanted to hear that uh, that nice soft part at the beginning because that's that's like that's like uh, he's tricking you. You're like, oh look at this is really nice. I'm right. going to turn this up a little bit, and then all of a sudden punches <laughs> you right in the gut. Exactly, exactly. Ronnie loved to do surprise things, and he loved to write the way he wrote. He always wanted people to interpret their own mm-hmm. uh, version of what they thought the song represented, what it was about. You know, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, because I, I love to read lyrics and then say. I bet it was about this. Mm-hmm. And then someone will say, oh, no, I think it's right. about that. That's the best. That's exactly what he wanted to do. This was recorded at the Caribou Ranch. Uh-huh, yes. Were you, were you on premises during that? It's beautiful uh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it yeah. in uh, the sh- uh, documentaries about the band Chicago because right, they recorded right, a bunch right. of albums there. Caribou, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that, uh, is that it. conducive to rock and roll with... Uh, that's Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of hard for Ronnie some of the times to sing with the, with the, the height. The, uh, the yeah. altitude. The altitude, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he pulled it off. Yeah, he did. He got mm-hmm. through. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let's move to, and this is when albums were coming every year, 83, right. 84, mm-hmm. 85. Yeah. And tour the rest of the time. Because touring you couldn't, album, touring album. you couldn't take a break. No. You'd lose that no. momentum. No. Exactly. exactly. And the, the, the record buying public is, is fickle. Very. And with, with MTV, Mm-hmm. You had to stay on there, you know, right. because someone would, they, you would just see someone right. else and right. go, oh, right. now this right. is my band or this. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is the third album in, in three years. This is Sacred Heart, and the song is called King of Rock and Roll. Uh, where was home at this time? Were you guys living in Los Angeles? Yes, in Encino. Mm-hmm. And in, you, you're still in the same place? Yes, we bought the house. Well, we bought our first house in 81 in Tarzana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. Uh, That's out near Meow Mountain, Woodland Hills. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then uh, we, bought, uh, we bought the house that I'm still in, actually, in 1985. It was built by an English art- architect. Nice. And then we brought home two containers from England of uh, furniture and different moldings, windows, cathedral windows. We, we have, it's a, it was, it was like a castle. I bet. I was just going to say when, when I think of, uh, when I think of uh, some of these uh, rock stars and performers, I think like, oh, there must be a suit of armor in there and mm-hmm. there must be swords <laughs> and all kinds of shields. We have all that. Um, <laughs> Ronnie, when he was, not on the road, did mm-hmm. not like to go out anywhere because he would get, you know, people up to him or he wanted, he didn't like to eat in public. And so um, he liked to stay home, watch TV, play with the animals and have friends over. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have a very warm and inviting home. Gotcha. That uh, we have a pub uh, in our room, we have like a, a bar that we bought from pub and brought it to England. Wow. And it's it's a very comfortable home. Mm-hmm. It's very much of an entertainment home. And do you still entertain folks? Do you still have I people do. Over? I did a lot of changes after Ronnie passed away. I took away the pool table. Okay. I had bought him when we first got money. Um, I had bought him a, a antique pool table with big lion's feet and lion's heads that held it up. But 
I didn't really use it after Ronnie passed, mm-hmm. so I decided I would take the pool table away and make it more of a, of a video room. But um, I wanted to keep the lions, so I had a big piece of glass made, and so it's now a coffee table. A coffee table. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, because I, I, I can imagine, you know, you're on tour the whole time and people are, that's your job. Yeah. You have to, you yeah. have to be friendly yeah. and mm-hmm. not that mm-hmm. you don't want to be, but yeah. as you said, Ronnie was, Ronnie but yeah, when you come home, me. I would assume you just want to yeah. chill out yeah, yeah, and take yeah. a break. Cause you know, you would go out for dinner and uh, somebody would come over and want an autograph, which was fine. Yeah. But Ronnie was so nice and personal when we talked to him and then all of a sudden they're sitting down next to us, you know, and it's <sighs> like, mm. so uh, most of the time we would stay home. I had this same dilemma last night. I went to see Lenny, the three of us, we went to see Lenny Kravitz last night. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm standing there and Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden oh, right, right, was at the right, show. Yeah. And I so wanted to say hi to him. But then, you know, he was with his wife and friends. And so I didn't, but I was like so excited to see him. I'm like, oh my mm-hmm, God. Mm-hmm. And Ronnie was very recognizable. Yeah. You couldn't and miss and him. And he was very friendly with people. Yeah. You know, he would not say, oh, go away or anything. Right. You know, so... Um, that was so it made it tough. It was easier to stay at home. Yeah. Were you okay with staying at home? Or were, you, were you like, come on, let's go out to eat? I like to go out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, all right. This next song, this was featured in the movie Vision Quest. Mm-hmm. Love it. Great song. Mm-hmm. Another treadmill song. Tom, you need to put this on your treadmill tunes. Hungry for Heaven. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. I love how they would work the keyboards into these songs. Mm-hmm, it's just, mm-hmm. it's so great. The, um, and Vision Quest, that was a pretty big soundtrack. So that's yeah. gotta, that's a big deal. Yeah, we got a gold record for that, or platinum record for that. Excellent. Actually, yeah. Yeah, who else was on that? John Waite was on that uh-huh. and just tons of great artists. So, uh, so Ronnie continues to make albums, uh, Dream Evil in 87, Lock Up the Wolves in 90. And then Black Sabbath happens again. Mm-hmm. How does that come around? Who, who reaches out to who? To do they, Black Sabbath they again. They reached out to us. They, they did. They reached out to us, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, Black Sabbath had been going with, uh, you know, a, a bunch of incarnation, different, different mm-hmm. singers. Mm-hmm. But, but really, no one, I mean, I mean, Ian Gillen was there, but I mean, no one really had the, the worldwide acclaim that Ozzy and, and, and Ronnie had. Well, also, I think uh, Giza had left also yeah. at that time. Um, we so it was were, really Tony It was approached the by ship. Tony's people okay. uh, for Ronnie and Tony to do something together. Okay. And Ronnie had said, well, really, you know, I, I'm, well, I said, we were doing our own thing, whatever. Yeah, because, yeah. And then, uh, and then when Giza came into the picture, we said, you know what, let's do it again. And then they got, uh, and then, uh, and then Vinny yeah, was back again. Yeah, so it was, it was the, it was yeah, the, yeah. the Mob Rules lineup. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make an album, uh, Dehumanizer. Mm-hmm. And. But it came out of the time when grunge just came in. 
Uh, so it was not really an acclaimed album, although people mm. are going back now and listening to it and some great songs. I on think that it's album. great. Yeah, yeah but it's at the just, time it was grunge had just come in and really taken but, over. But grunge coming in doesn't mean this is a great album. It just means that this didn't get maybe it didn't get the airplay, the airplay that it, it should have got. The, it didn't get the promotion or any of the airplay. Yeah, mm-hmm. produced by Mac, mm-hmm. who yeah, produced Mac from Germany. Yeah, um, who produced yeah. Queen and, yeah. and Billy Squire. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Um. And he did some stuff with Rainbow too. Yeah, in Munich. So Munich Mac. Uh, is his name Reinhold? Is yeah. it Reinhold Mac? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this was the single, but this is a great song. The whole album is great. I recommend it. This is uh, TV Crimes. Mm-hmm. That's a headbanging one right there. That's a great one. The was it hard? Was it um, was it hard to put the Dio aside for a little bit and come back to Black Sabbath? No. Um, when Ronnie was in Black Sabbath before, uh, Sandy Perlman was the manager. Mm-hmm. This time it came in. We decided we would manage it. So I managed Ronnie. Uh, Gloria Butler, Giza's wife, managed him, okay. and uh, Tony had uh, uh, Ralph Baker managing him. So okay. we were three managers. So no one handled the band. You, they were we, all individually. Well, no, because we you joint we managed. joint managed okay. it. Okay. We made decisions and we jointly managed it. Mm-hmm. And who was who was and Vinny just went along with whatever no, you guys. Vinny was well. Vinny was not. Vinny was an employee. Okay. So. All right. Um, and uh, there was a tour, and then when the tour ended, then no more. Uh, right. Black Sabbath um, took a break again. Well, with Ronnie. The situation was um, they wanted. Uh, I think Sharon had. At Corden, they wanted to have um, the band play and then uh, Ozzy come up and do some numbers with the band. No. And Ronnie said, mm, that sounds to me like a reformation of, of, of uh, Black Sabbath yeah. with Ozzy. And so he said, no, I'm not going to do it. They wanted to do it. Uh, they got Rob Halford in to play mm-hmm. the show and Ronnie left. Yeah, that's not... Uh yeah, I he he made the right decision because you can't. It's like I'm no, I'm. This is Black Sabbath now. Yeah. You want to do that? Yeah, why did yeah. you? Yeah. Why so, did you reach out to me a year ago if yeah, that's what you so were going to do? That was uh, and they did reform after yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. They did a reunion tour, and, mm-hmm. and Bill was there too. So mm-hmm. that was like that was really the last time that the original four yeah. played. Yeah. But um, all right, but then. So we go back to Dio. I like Ronnie just kept making music. It didn't matter if, if the album sales, what, what they weren't in the heyday. Yeah. Because I like, like, I like artists like Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. He could easily not make an album ever okay. again, but he wants to. Great, because it's in his... Great friend of Ronnie's. And, a great, yeah. and another and great guy. Great guy, great guy. Uh, but I mean, these guys, it, like people go, oh, why is there a new Alice Cooper? I'm like, because that's what he does. That's he wants he does. to make, yeah, absolutely. He's, he has songs in his head yeah, and they're coming absolutely. out. So yeah. why shouldn't he Not record it? You don't have to listen to it, right? but I will. I and will other too. people will. I will, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I never understand that, you yeah. know, 
Or when, when, when a group pay, plays a new song and people are like, oh, what is this? It's like, mm. wait, listen to it. Yeah. You, you know, you, you're probably going to like it because mm-hmm. it's still the same guy. Right. So that really bothers me. I, I vented there for a second. Good. Wendy. Uh, now, Wendy, I, I, they told me I only have you for an hour, so I'm going to start wrapping up. Okay. Are you having fun? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you're very lovely. I'm so, I was so excited that you came here. Okay. Really, and uh, and we're going to talk about the, the the charities and the events again mm-hmm. before before we close this out. But in uh, in two thousand seven, the Black Sabbath releases a best of album called the Dio Years, mm-hmm. and they record three new tracks, mm-hmm. and those three tracks are all killer. I love those tracks, and the one I chose to play today is Ear in the Wall. So how does this happen now? How does he get back again with the guy? I, I'm assuming as, as, as all these gentlemen are getting older, stuff that happened in the past doesn't really matter anymore. Right, and, exactly. and they become probably closer friends than they were in the I, heyday. Absolutely. What happened with this is uh, that Warner Brothers came and said they were going to put out Black Sabbath the deal years. Mm-hmm. And was there any unused tracks? Well... There was never any unused tracks, ever, because if there was something they didn't like, they threw it away. So um, they said there's no unused tracks, no. So then um, Tony called Ronnie, and Ronnie spoke to Tony, and said, well, why don't we just write a couple of new tracks? So Ronnie went over to England, and him and Tony wrote three tracks yeah, because they were on a roll. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so it was so much fun. And now, as you said, they all got older. There yeah. was no more drugs being done and everybody was just, you know, I just great musicians. Yes. And I really think that then they decided to form the band Heaven and Hell. And I really... Because they couldn't use Black Sabbath because at that point Ozzy was still kind of... Yeah. They didn't want to... They, they wanted to have that door open with Ozzy. Right. Maybe. That's my take. You don't have to say. I can't say. I'm not looking for gossip No. when I'm asking I, these I, questions, I, yeah, just so you know. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so they decided to do the tour and make another album. Yeah. And Ronnie was having such a good time, and Tony was having such a good time, and Giza and Ronnie were back to being best friends. They were always best friends. And so Bill started with the band, and mm-hmm. then it wasn't, it wasn't happening with Bill. And uh, so they said, what should we do? Oh, get Vinny back again. So they did. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's a no-brainer, though, yeah, right? Yeah, right. And I will tell you, those shows they did, 
they were all trying, as friends, to outdo each other. So everyone was trying to play more. Harder, keep, faster, oh, heavier. Well, Ronnie said to keep up with them. Mm-hmm. He said they're such brilliant musicians, yeah. every one of them, brilliant musicians. And they were all like keeping up with each other. And I think some of the best stuff they ever did was with that. And they were enjoying it so much, so much, and loving each other so much. And a lot of that, and a lot of the, I'll say, veteran artists when they when they get older, they they slow down a little bit. But these guys oh, were not slowing they were down. On fire, yeah. And if there is anything to say that you know, Ronnie, I mean, obviously Ronnie passing was was a terrible thing. But mm-hmm. if you want to say that it was good for him because he went out on a real high note, yeah. And having having fun, having fun with his friends again, mm. and playing that music that he loves so much, and Geezer and him being the best friends mm. again, you know. And they uh, and you know, there's there's video of these shows out there, so you can you can yeah. actually see it if you've yeah. never seen it before. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this album, this uh, the devil you know, mm-hmm. and they they called the band Heaven and Hell after the first album they right. recorded mm-hmm. as Black Sabbath. But the devil you know, this is really really heavy album. Yeah. It really is. Right. I mean, it's like... Yeah. Oh, it's, boom, it's a, boom, yeah, boom. it is. And they're playing amazing, amazing. And I... Uh, so I'm going to... Let's feature a couple of tracks here. Let's do uh, Double the Pain. You had mentioned that when they got back together, everyone, no one was doing drugs and stuff anymore. Um, Ronnie, uh, to me, didn't seem like he was a, ever a drug guy. Smoke pot. Smoke pot. Well, yeah, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I mean. Um, so that's good. Cool. Uh, let's hear one more song from Heaven and Hell. This album, you can't, it's, it's kind of, I think it's out of print. It's hard to find. It's going to be actually. We've just been talking with Rhino Warner Brothers, and they will be reissuing everything with some new stuff and uh, different live tracks that haven't been heard before, and things that, which is be coming out in uh, next year. Is this a rock solid exclusive? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, that's great. I yeah. love it. All right, let's hear uh, "Eating the Cannibals." Oh. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer song. That's a Jeffrey Dahmer song? Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I had tons of notes today, but I didn't really look at them because uh, you just uh, you just took me where I wanted to go with this. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank and, you for your continued support. Really, really appreciate it. Well, we, we feature, we play Ronnie songs a lot on the show, and, right. um, and I, I support these charities. We'll talk about them one more time in a minute. 
uh, our closeout song today will, of course, be Holy Diver because it just has to be. Right. Um, we miss Ronnie, and we say here on the show when, when someone's gone, we say rock and peace. So right. rock, rock and, and peace, peace, Ronnie James Dio. Let's, uh, let's throw this down one more time. The Bowl for Ronnie Celebrity Bowling Tournament, hosted by Eddie Trunk, October 25th this month just in a couple weeks 6 30 p.m pins bowling center 12655 ventura boulevard if you uh, if you live in uh, los angeles get over there if you don't live in los angeles fly in uh, studio city california and um you know 50 bucks you can watch 75 you can bowl fun and hang out with all the celebrities when wendy will be there and mm-hmm. uh she'll chat you up absolutely and um uh, anything else we can say about uh, about the charity? If when one of these events isn't going on, can I donate to this charity? Absolutely. What can we do? Docancerfund.org. And are you, are you being successful? Are you, are you raising some dough? Oh yeah, absolutely. And we Excellent. will be giving again another twenty five thousand dollars to uh, Dr. Wong's research okay. for um, mostly men's cancers, mm-hmm. uh, stomach cancer, colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, prostate cancer. Uh, he's developing a uh, saliva test, okay. which will be great for you guys because men don't like to go and get. Tested, as we know what I mean. Look, I've I've had my colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. I, they put me out. It was mm-hmm. it was a piece of cake. Right, exactly. So do it. Yeah, absolutely, do it. And uh, early detection saves lives. And did Ronnie? Did Ronnie? Was he a guy to go? To? I mean, he always looked healthy. He always looked vital, and he was thin, and he was you know. If I knew now what we knew, mm-hmm. I would have made sure that he had gotten a colonoscopy. And because he did have stomach pains mm-hmm. uh, about seven years before he passed, and I took him to a doctor, um, a specialist, and uh, they just gave him heart and run around on his heart and said, "Oh, it's just a gas bubble." Oh. But had I known what I know now, that's why I say early detection. Early, early detection, lives, definitely. Um, my wife and I at our house. If you have a pain for more than two weeks, you go have it checked. Absolutely. So absolutely. When thank you so much for being here continued success with everything you do raise money and keep ronnie alive with the yeah, hologram absolutely. and with absolutely uh, i keep his legend and his yeah. music alive re-release all this stuff rhino absolutely. records is fantastic yeah. let's do this rhino i'm looking forward to that heaven and hell re-release and we're going to close out today with a classic ronnie james dio song this is from dio this is holy diver thank you wendy thank you Sun till you see the light Oh we 